0: Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.
1: We're coming to you live from the Rocket Mortgage by Quicken Loan Studios. Home is more than a house. It's a personal paradise. Get yours with Rocket Mortgage. Push button. Get mortgage. If industrial plants could capture CO2, think how we could help lower emissions. Exxon Mobil is working to make it happen. That's the unexpected energy of Exxon Mobil. I'll tell you what was unexpected tonight. How about Connor Sheary, the former Penguin, playing for the Sabres, going to Pittsburgh and having two. As Buffalo beats the Penguins, two to one, or three uh, to one. And how unexpected was that? The former Penn lighting up his old teammates for a pair on opening night. Exxon Mobil. The unexpected energy. Anyway, Sunday, the NFL on CBS features a full slate of games, including Brady and the Pats on a road in Washington, and the Ravens and Steelers renewing their AFC North rivalry at Heinz Field in Pittsburgh. Check your local listings for the game in your area, and it all begins with JB and the guys on the NFL today at noon Eastern, 9 Pacific, on CBS. 855 cbs is our toll-free hotline brought to you by GEICO. Great news. You can save a bunch of money. Switch to GEICO. Go to GEICO.com. And in 15 minutes, you could save 15% or more on your car insurance. The legendary Gary Dolphin joins us. The Iowa play-by-play voice in hoops and football. Big game for the Hawkeyes in Ann Arbor against the Michigan Wolverines on Saturday. I think it should be an awesome game. Gary, good to have you on the bench.
2: Hey, Scott. Good to be with you. It's the best time of the year. you got the major league playoffs. I just get fired up here on the hockey scores. And, of course, uh, uh, we're at the conference uh, portion of the schedule for – College football, and it doesn't get any better in the Big Ten, especially in October and November. The winds are blowing, the temperatures dropping. You better be able to run the football, and that's why I'm fired up about Saturday's game.
1: I'll bet you are, because last week they racked uh, up like 350 yards on like 50 plus carries. I know they were playing. Uh, Middle Tennessee, I know they had a huge, uh, you know, size advantage in that game. But you guys, you played them, so did Michigan. You guys both popped them. You both put up 40-plus against them. But I loved watching Iowa's running game. I actually watched the game, and they just ran it down their throats.
2: They, they've they had a, a, for the first uh, month of the season, uh, they haven't, uh, you know, they've they played Iowa State, which is a quality opponent, as you know. they they played some good teams. uh Shut out Rutgers, uh, Miami of Ohio on opening weekend. And last week, uh, the consistency has been the, the balance. Uh, you mentioned the run, the rushing attack. They've averaged over 200 yards rushing. And, a, and you know, Stanley is a third-year uh, starting quarterback, a senior. He's been spectacular. Eight touchdown throws, no interceptions. And, and I think that's been the key is the balance in the offense has led to uh, – 10, 12 minutes more in clock possession each game. Now, granted, Michigan is, is a different cup of tea, but this is a very confident Iowa football team heading to uh, Ann Arbor f- on Saturday for for the reasons you just mentioned. Uh, they're playing well on offense. The defense has been solid, uh, if not spectacular, uh, and I think they'll turn it up a notch or two starting uh, this Saturday morning.
1: They've gotten so many uh, contributions, Torin Young, uh, you know, uh... I thought it was impressive. Uh, Smith-Marset had a big touchdown run. Sargent was pounding the ball. I mean, they're giving it to different guys to produce for them. It, it really is impressive when you spread it around like that.
2: They're much more multidimensional on offense. Uh, this, this is without question the deepest, most talented receiving core. Isn't it ironic that they lose two tight ends in the first round uh, last spring, and, and they're, they're rebuilding there. That's a given but they've got four or five receivers that uh, all have had uh, terrific games uh, in the non-conference. Amir Smith-Marset, as you mentioned, the kid out of New Jersey, he's, he's been tremendous. But uh, Brandon Smith on the other side is their big target. They've got a kid named Nico Regani from New England, who was their punt returner, has got great speed. Uh, they've got another kid in uh, Oliver Martin who transferred in, ironically, from Michigan. Now he's still learning the offense, kid out of indianapolis tyrone tracy has been uh, terrific especially the last couple weeks this is without question the deepest receiving core uh, in terms of talent that kirk parents has had in his 21 years and 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 so they're they're a complete package on offense uh, given the rushing attack has always been solid now the receiving core has stepped up and Defensively, they've been uh, they've been steady. Uh, now they, they need to play better starting Saturday, but everybody does in the Big Ten.
1: I thought uh, Gary Dolphin, the legendary voice of the Hawkeyes, would have uh, Brandon Smith, I think, has been playing really well. I thought the kid, Byer, the big tight end, uh, they throw it to him. He, he catches it. I like him stumbling around and banging. I mean, there's so many different o- options. Tell me about uh, the defense. Uh, Gary, as you go to Ann Arbor, you're going to have to deal with the Wolverines. They can score. I think everyone wrote them off uh, after they looked so poor, uh, losing you know, big and going on the road. And then you know, Harbaugh started taking all the abuse. But I think that uh, you know, they can still score. You've got to deal with them. Tell me about the Hawkeyes' D going into this game.
2: Yeah, a couple things. For uh, First off, Michigan, uh, you know, everybody has a bad day at the office, and they had a horrible one in Madison. But you know what? I've been to Camp Randall many times. It's hard to go in there and win. Sure. Now, I'm sure Michigan wasn't expecting uh, that kind of result or the way it laid out, but I think we saw the truer Michigan team last week against Rutgers, and I also think Wisconsin is that good. Uh, they're they're terrific. They're the team to beat in the West, and the Hawkeyes are up to the challenge, uh, in my opinion. We'll find out here in a couple weeks up in Madison. As for the Iowa defense, uh, A.J. Epinesa, who's everybody's preseason All-America well, pick at defensive end, he's been double-teamed consistently. They'll even chip him with a running back. And, and the other guys in that line have started to step up as this season has worn on. And they, they're going to have to have that. Chauncey Golston, uh, Cedric Lattimore, two kids out of Detroit that really flashed in the Outback Bowl mm-hmm. New Year's Day. And, and they, need to, they need to be better, and they will be better. Now, Davion Nixon. I the, like him. Yeah, he he had seven tackles last week, two and a half for loss and a sack. Alabama offered him in the spring, and thankfully he kept his commitment to Iowa coming out of junior college. He'll be huge uh, on Saturday, no question. But I think AJ's ready to to step up. He knows the spotlight's going to be on, and Epinesa's that good. Uh, You'll see that base 4 3 defense. uh, You know, they're beat up in the secondary. Iowa's got. A lot of injuries in the secondary from kids they were counting on this year. So until they get back here in the next week or two, you're going to see uh, that base four-three defense get after Shea Patterson and hopefully uh, force him into some mistakes.
1: I think uh, you know it really is amazing the run that uh, Ference has been on there. He's like got the, he's got like Gary Dolphin type numbers. I mean, 23 years. <laughs> I mean, the run that you two guys are on is just you can't even make this stuff up.
2: I'm just happy to be to be alongside of him or at least up in the press box calling his games. Uh, he, he's as classy a coach as he is a, a good coach, and, and uh, he's been consistent. He doesn't compromise his values. Uh, he doesn't promise uh, these young guys anything when they come here. Uh, he, he tells them, you know, we're going to build you uh, from a strength and conditioning perspective. We're going to put you in a good position, uh, position to, uh, uh, to be successful each and every week. You're going to get your degree when you leave Iowa, and you're going to be successful in your life, whether it's uh, in football uh, beyond college or or running uh, a corporation. And, and kids buy into it, and it's worked for Kirk. And, you know, the other component there uh, is he's one of two coaches in the last 40 years, and you know who the other one was, uh, Hayden Fry, and he's the one who really right. turned it around for Iowa in the late 70s. But they've only had uh, two or three athletic directors and two or three head coaches. And, uh, you know, there's something to be said about, stability and consistency in doing it the right way.
1: Oh, absolutely. The continuity, I think, is the difference. I have to ask you, uh, I just think it's fascinating that you, uh, when you were like a banking executive, you were like calling the games, and then, so how... Was it cool? Like, was it cool when everyone came into the bank and they like? I mean, like, did it help you close deals? Because everyone was like sucking up to you when they came into the bank because you're the voice of the Hawkeyes. I'd be using that leverage, Gary, because you had it all going. You're like the voice of the Hawkeyes, and then you're everybody's favorite banker giving out loans. People coming in there, they don't even know whether they remembered their checking book. I mean, honestly, Gary.
2: I, I, I love it how you think that was fascinating. Now I will tell you, it's uh, it's a little easier to knock on doors and get a first visit from a prospective uh, a customer or a potential customer if you tell them you're the voice of the Hawkeyes in the state of Iowa. They look at you kind of goofy, but uh, yeah, that, that that that's been a fun double career for me. And you know, I think uh, working in in the corporate world has made me a better broadcaster because there are things going on out there, as you know, other than than college football games or college basketball games every day. But I will tell you, it's a nice alternative to when I get done at 5 o'clock, Terrell. Well, listen, you
1: are great at uh, doing both. And, you know, I love both immensely. But I play basketball every day of my life. I'm 54, and I still play seven days a week. And I literally, I'm obsessed with the game, like to the point where I put down the golf clubs. I just play basketball. That's all I do. And I still have game. How much do you enjoy literally uh, Calling the basketball games compared to the football, or do you, I know you love them both? But does the basketball get you going, or is it more the football for you?
2: You know, I've been asked that a thousand times, and, and there's such a, a, a different—they're—they're uh, just—they're such opposites. Uh, I mean, it's great to have 20 seconds in between plays in football to catch your breath and turn it over to the great Ed Podolak and, and let the former Kansas City Chiefs Hall of Famer uh, tell you why what happened uh, just happened, and then in basketball with Bobby Hansen, well, I know you know from uh, his days with the Bulls and in Utah, it's it's more back and forth. It's it's more of uh, of runs and the blood pressures going a little a little higher and and you know the blood's flowing a little faster, the heartbeats race, racing, especially in the Big Ten. And just had our basketball media days yesterday, and I'm telling you, uh, between Michigan State and Maryland, one two, that, that that's quite the uh, punch counter punch. And 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 then there's everybody else trying to claw their way into the first division of the Big Ten. It's going to be a phenomenal uh, winter, but we've got plenty of football to decide here first, as you know.
1: How do you like uh, the those iconic, uh, you know, stadiums? Like, I grew up going to, you know... Uh, Michigan. My mom and dad both went to Michigan. I was conceived there, unfortunately. But I, uh, you know, uh, I was never a big uh, Michigan fan. But I did like watching Rick Leach play quarterback when I was a kid. They almost tried to brainwash me. And then, you know, I went to Indiana and we don't even have a football program. But I was there when Bob Knight won national championships in 87. So that was good enough for me. I'm still cashing receipts on that. But how do you like going to the iconic stadiums like uh, Ann Arbor and then to like Assembly Hall and Carver Hawkeye? you do every night and uh you know Columbus uh there are just so many great institutions and to call games in that would just get me like hot and bothered I'd be all lathered up calling games in those stadiums they're so awesome
2: yeah there, there isn't much I can add to what you just said I mean uh, there's there's nothing better uh, better than uh, calling a game at Carver Hawkeye Arena it's such a unique designed uh, arena that uh, you know Lute Olsen built when he had it going uh, Back in the 70s and 80s in Iowa City, but that said, uh, when when you go to Value City Arena or, or I still call it Chrysler, uh, but, right. uh, the Breslin Center, uh, Madison, the Coal Center, the Old Barn in Minneapolis, uh, Nebraska's got it going at Pinnacle Bank Arena. And there are there are so many great venues, and and it's it, it's not so much it it is it is all about it's a lot about the arenas, but it's more about the fans. You go, when you know, As you know, there's something to be said, whether it's Assembly Hall in Bloomington or Champaign. Right. There's something to be said for playing in front of sold-out houses. And that's why the players uh, are so fired up. And that's why so many great players attend Big Ten universities. The Big Ten leaves the nation every year in attendance, uh, and, and, and rightfully so. So
1: let me ask you lastly, uh, Gary, going into this game, and then you go right back and have Penn State in uh, Iowa City and then – Uh, the game, and we had talked about Camp Randall, you go there in a couple weeks, and then to finish in Lincoln, I mean, what a nightmare. And Minnesota's tough this year. You got them at home, but uh, you go to Ryan Field, too. Like, I mean, that schedule is just brutal. Uh, Do you think that game with, uh, and I know you're not looking ahead, but do you think that game with uh, Wisconsin could actually be for the West title? Because I think it just might very well be that game.
2: Well, it could be, but but uh, you, you know, if, if the, the bigger deal is this Saturday, uh, uh, Scott. If you, if you win Saturday, now you're five and zero. I'm speaking of the Hawkeyes, of course. Now 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 you're elevated into a, a potential for sure New Year's Day, a six bowl at least during in the conversation, uh, and, and and it starts in Ann Arbor. And you know, Kirk Turans, uh, he he doesn't look past his nose, but I can promise you, if the Hawkeyes get the Madison with uh, Uh, zero or no losses, uh, then they're going to be an awfully highly rated team, because that means you will have beaten teams like Michigan, like Penn State, and you certainly aren't assuming anything. But, you know, that's the Big Ten every week. It just happens that Iowa's tough games this year, or most of them, are on the road, and they still have Purdue at home. They still have Penn State at home. And you you mentioned at Northwestern, at Nebraska, at Madison, uh, in Ann Arbor. Uh, It's a gauntlet, but the Hawks have uh, never been intimidated on the road. I, I don't see that happening at all this year either.
1: I love listening to you uh, do the games. You're great. Uh, it should be a great game in Ann Arbor on Saturday. Always a pleasure, Gary, my man. You're a legend with Hawkeye fans and with Pharrell and the bench. Thanks for coming on CBS Sports Radio. Enjoy the game Saturday, and good luck the rest of the way. If things get interesting, we'll call you again.
2: Any t- Anytime, Scotty. Keep up the good work. Good to be on with you. My Check man,
1: Gary Dolphin, the legendary voice of the Iowa Hawkeyes with us tonight on the bench. You're listening to Pharrell
2: on the bench.
1: Good to have on our friend uh, Gary Dolphin of the Iowa Hawkeyes. I love him in Iowa City. They rock. Those people party there. I'm telling you what. It's no joke. Going to uh, Carver Hawkeye and Connect Stadium. Are you kidding me? That That is absolutely no joke over there. You know, I have to tell you, uh, I'm going to just say it again, because you know what's going to happen here, right? Like, you're going to – I'll keel over if Wilson doesn't score on this uh, third and goal from the 10, because, I mean, the (laughs) – Rams defense, Carver High, is so bad. You can't even tell me there's no way that team's going to the Super Bowl with that defense. I don't care what's going to get better, but Week 17, not, they're not just... the way they're playing right now. I mean, there's just no way. I mean, but they... this is back-to-back games. They're like butter. They are just getting absolutely shredded. They don't Tampa, have a defense. Tampa Did... shredded them on Sunday. Did you see the now... guy just run 20 yards and carry like seven guys to the ground? Listen, the Seahawks have moved the ball up and down the field the whole day. <laughs> At will. He didn't get that snap off. That's got to be a delay of game. He did not get that snap off. And they're going to give him a touchdown? They stopped him anyway on third and goal. But that was off. That was the delay of game. He did not get that ball off. Did you see that? you got to be kidding me. And I'll tell you another thing. I thought that call on Matthews was atrocious. I mean, come on. He didn't. Yeah, that looked like shoulder to me. It it looked like it was. There wasn't even a question. That was the softest personal foul for a passer I've ever seen. I mean, they throw... You cannot touch these quarterbacks anymore. It's not even worth pass rushing. You know what you should do, Carver High? Save your... Here's fourth and goal. Save from the five. Save your money. Don't pay guys like Aaron Donald anything. Just do not pay pass rushers. Uh, Here he is. He's going to throw for a touchdown. Oh, the guy... He caught it. He bobbled it and then caught it. I oh, thought
3: he was gonna drop, it. drop that ball.
1: I mean, they are so bad. That team is so bad, the Rams. I don't care what anybody says. They are awful. That is an awful football team. They're not winning anything. They're not winning the Super Bowl. They're not going to the Super Bowl. They have no defense. What's did you see that play? How badly he roasted their onions on this fake? Like he was going to run, and then he pitched it over everyone's head. Tlaib just completely got smoked. His onions are laying on the field right now. I mean, unbelievable how bad their defense is. Why pay all those guys like Aaron Donald all that money when no one can do anything on that defense? Why even pay him? Seriously. I mean, if you have no defense at all, why pay some guy that much money to play to pass Rush? Seriously. I I don't understand why you would do it. Are they going for two here? Yeah, they're going for two. Oh, they'll get it (laughs) against this defense. (laughs) That's automatic. Wasn't the spread one and a half? It was. They're laying one and a half, Seattle. So it all boils down to this play. And there he is again. You know he's going to get it. How he dropped it. (laughs) He dropped it in the end zone. So there's the cover. A field goal wins it now. A field goal wins it. And then... uh, Neither way they're gonna don't they
3: trust any kick in the NFL these days. I don't
1: trust anything with two and a half minutes left they could still throw a pick six right you know anything's possible Probably but like
3: right last week when he filmed it when they were trying to come back
1: that was a terrible call on Matthews on that hit on Wilson that was a joke and that that led to the touchdown bottom line right and he threw to Carson who bobbled it but caught it so there you go Seahawks lead thirty twenty nine. That defense is so bad, I don't care what anybody says. They're not winning anything. They're not winning the NFC with that defense. You can't possibly tell me that you can win uh, the title game with a defense like that, right? How are you going to win? How are you going to stop anybody? They can't stop anybody. Their defense is old and washed up. That's exactly what Mafia said. He got guys like Talib who's washed up, and, and so is Matthews. He's washed up too, isn't he? Bottom line.
3: Those are two of the oldest guys on that roster, 34 and 33. Listen,
1: bottom line, they suck on defense. That's all there is to it. There's no arguing it. And I just don't see how you could possibly make it to the Super Bowl with a defense that's that bad. And I've never seen, actually, to be honest with you, ever seen Wade Phillips have a defense that bad. I will say this. The way they move the ball, that offense, the way they throw the ball, I think that they still have a shot in this game to you know, move the ball and get a field goal or a touchdown, I still think they can do it. But I do not believe that they can stop anyone at all ever in a game. They're not stopping the Cowboys. They're not stopping the Packers. They're not stopping the Saints. They're not even, they couldn't even stop the 49ers. They couldn't stop Seattle. Am I wrong? Am I making this
3: stuff up? No, you're not. That's going to be key in that NFC. We've seen it now already in this, this season. You know, We've seen these teams that are high flying. They couldn't
1: stop Tampa.
3: We saw you know, Philly and the Packers You know, last week. Philly got the stops. Packers didn't. We saw later in the week when you had New Orleans and Dallas. Dallas had this high-flying offense, was killing everybody. New Orleans slowed them down, even though they have Teddy Bridgewater and he's not putting up majoring your points like Breeze does. If you get a defense that slows a team down, then your defense better do the same. Saints aren't – I mean, the Rams aren't doing that right now, and they're not gunning unless they start picking up big time.
1: They're not going to pick up anything. How's that sound? Pick it up. When are they, they going to find it at the grocery store? They're gonna suddenly find a. The, do you get that on sale or something? You buy a defense somewhere yeah, in the you start
3: changing some guys out, sitting their ass on the bench, and putting in the younger ones. Bottom line
1: is, you cut people, get rid of them. They can't stop anybody. <laughs> Listen, they play at Dallas in in December, December fifteenth. When that game could be for like the world, right? Are you gonna tell me that they're gonna stop the Cowboys that day in Dallas? They play the Seahawks again. They already proved they can't stop them. They play the Ravens. How are they going to stop Lamar Jackson running all over on him? I mean, Russell Wilson ran all over him. He did whatever he wanted. They take on the Bears at home. The Bears are going to pound it and throw it, and, and they're going to light it up. The Steelers, they play in Pittsburgh. They play at the Falcons. I mean, Matt Ryan even can gain yards against them, and they can't beat anybody, the Falcons. But I bet Julio Jones has a big day against that defense because they don't have a defense. I mean, it is embarrassing. I don't care what anybody says. I'm sitting here watching this team tonight going, man, they suck. (laughs) I mean, they really do. And now it's going to be third and ten, and they can't get it done. The bottom line is, is their defense is going to cost them their season. And that's just all there is to it. You can call it whatever you want. I'm watching a team that's one-dimensional. That's all there is to it. They have no defense. And then uh, Gurley's effective inside the two-yard line. That's it. And then you don't know what Goff's going to do. Do you see him in the the end zone when he almost threw the pick from his own end zone when he threw that one away? You have no idea what that guy's going to do. Do you see him last week fumbled on the last drive trying to tie the game and Sue ran it back for a touchdown? You know, I'm starting to think he sucks too. I I really am. Because he he makes bonehead play. They always blame Josh Allen for everything. Meanwhile, this guy's uh, making bonehead plays left and right. That one was on Everett. Ever drop that that's not a pick. But now it's 4th and 10, and they're doomed. Bottom line is, uh, there's so many weaknesses on this team. And they talk about this guy like he's the greatest coach on earth. That he is, well, he's going to have to show it, right? That he's the smartest guy in the league, greatest coach in the league. They all say it. Everyone says that, you know, everyone that knows him gets a job now. Anyone that even has uh, any relationship with, with McVay at all gets a job, right? Meanwhile, he can't even coach his own team. He can't even coach his own team.
3: That's a pick. And the thing is, too, we we're talking with Bell last night. That you know, you're talking about Gurley. The problem is, when the defense keeps giving up points like this, it makes them one-dimensional too. Because as good as Gurley is, you can't keep running, running, running. Let that be the first thing you go to on offense. Uh, on offense, when the defense is giving up, you know, touchdowns every other drive. So what? They can't review it. No, they can. It's two o eight left. That's a pick. Absolutely caught it. Yeah, Seahawks can challenge yeah. if they have one left. But I don't think they do. They do. They have. Well, uh,
1: then there you go. Then they'll challenge it. It, It's Seattle ball.
3: Game over. Yeah, that's a pick. Some pick. That's
1: That's a pick. Game over. Uh, Rams cover, but they have no defense. Their season's over.
3: Welcome to Play It, a new podcast network featuring radio and TV personalities talking business, sports, tech, entertainment, and more. Play it at play.it.
1: You're listening to Pharrell on the Bench. All right, make sure you get on Pharrellonthebench.com. It's F-E-R-R-A-L-L, Pharrellonthebench.com. I'm raking. I'm giving you the best college plays and pro plays anywhere. No one can touch me. First four weeks NFL, 79%. 77% 77% week two, 62% week three, 71% last week, Sunday and Monday spreads. Are you kidding me? College football, back-to-back 64% weeks, top five plays all hit, seven of my top eight, eight of my top ten. I mean, I do this all the time. Sign up, ride the lightning, hide the money from your wife, com. There you go. So I got to tell you, Mafia, I thought that play by uh, Russell Wilson there on third down was pretty stupid. He should have just bit it, and gone down, and instead he pitches the ball back uh, for no reason whatsoever. You know, they lose five, six yards. Now they got a punt, whatever. Now the Rams have the ball, terrible field position. But that was a dangerous pitch.
3: That definitely was because you can see out of the corner of your eye, the the cornerback's there. Right there. If If he bobbles it or anything, game over. It's very dangerous, you know, to throw that back there and hope that the guy catches it and doesn't screw it up worse.
1: All right, Mike Max is with WCCO TV and radio in Minneapolis. A lot going on in the Twin Cities, that's for sure. Uh, And we wanted to bring him on tonight. Uh, Mike, thanks for coming on the bench.
4: You bet. Thanks for having me.
1: So let's start with um, the Twins, all right? So uh, Barrios against Paxton in the Bronx, game one tomorrow in New York. And there are some here in New York that have always believed that the Yankees – own the Twins. It seems like whenever they play them, they beat them in terms of, you know, postseason, et cetera. Uh, this team, uh, though, rakes. They hit a lot of home runs. They're very good. They've had a great season. Is this going to be any different this time around?
4: Yeah, I mean, well, they're right to, to believe that. The Twins are 2-13 and 13 against the Yankees in the playoffs. I've seen every one of them. and uh, There's something about the of Yankee Stadium, about the middle innings there. When that You guys know it very well and that crowd starts to, you just feel like something's coming on, something big is going to happen from a superstar. And generally, that's happened. It is different because the Twins can get themselves back into any game uh, because they've got like the Yankees, a lot of big boppers, and they and they swing hard, they swing from their heels. I don't think that they're going to have um, any problems. That I think I think they're going to swing the bat hard tomorrow. I think they expect to hit home runs. Uh, the bigger question would be Barrios and whether or not. Uh, this is his first really big pressure game and, and how he handles it. He, he's he been up and down this year. He's had some nights where he's gotten him into the seventh inning, things like that. Well, he's been really good, had great command, and he's had some nights where he just can't find it. And and, and I would worry more uh, from a Twins perspective about Barrios than I would their bats.
1: I mean, uh, yeah, their bats have been uh, fantastic. Could you believe the summer they put up with the numbers?
4: No, it was uh, – this is about as much fun as we've had here in a regular season summer in any sport because – it, and it wasn't just the home runs. They, they played maybe the greatest game uh, that Major League Baseball saw this year when they lost to the New York Yankees at Target Field. It went back and forth, and uh, uh, Aaron Hicks ended it with a diving catch. It was unbelievable. They played an 18-inning game, a 17-inning game. They had all these unbelievable they, – they turned two triple plays, and then on top of that, it set the record with 307 home runs. So it's like something we've never seen here before in terms of just an excitement, uh, sucking people in, Uh, The drama that went with it, they they gave the fans everything this summer.
1: I mean, 101 wins, very impressive. Uh, Everywhere Nelson Cruz has ever been, he produces, and it was no different in uh, Minnesota. He lit it up for 41 home runs. The guy is truly unbelievable.
4: He is 39 years old. Hit his 400th career home run here. Uh, Unbelievable when he walks into the clubhouse. I spent a lot of time in that clubhouse. And when he walks in, he doesn't have to say a word. Everybody knows he's there. Uh, they put him right next to Miguel Sano, who is a very talented uh, young, not a prospect anymore, but he's had some issues trying to get into the major league lifestyle, and he's made some bad decisions. They put Nelson right next to him to try to kind of steady that ship, and I think he's done a pretty good job of that. But more than anything, you know, still speaks softly and carry a big stick. That's what he does. He doesn't talk a lot. He's not a rah-rah guy, but when he speaks – it all shuts down because when Nelson has something to say, and he has been the single greatest ingredient this year on this team.
1: How about Mitch Garver? Are you kidding me? 31 home runs. Sano, 34 home runs. Uh, you know, all these guys. Kepler, 36 home runs. Rosario, 32 home runs. Polanco, 22. It's insanity.
4: It has been, and Kepler was injured the last couple of weeks of the season. He ended up with 36, so he might have hit 40 if he been able to play. He is expected to play tomorrow, a leadoff former athletic guy, and, and that is one of the question marks is how will his shoulder hold out? Will he be good enough? Can he generate some bat speed uh, in this series and tomorrow? Because they lost Byron Buxton during the year. It was just that. You know, Gold Glove center fielder, just outstanding. He was the he was the final piece of this puzzle. Uh, so, can Kepler come back and play at a high level? Would be one of the one of the questions. He wasn't out long, but there is some a little bit of uh, concern about whether or not he'll be 100. percent
1: So, um, I can't wait to see it uh, because the Yankees, as you know, at the end they were huh. both they were both battling for this home run crown, and they both hit tons of them. And they got you know, standing back in the lineup. Judge has been on fire. What do you think of uh New York's uh team this year?
4: Well I guess been almost a mirror image in a lot of ways, except Stanton wasn't with them all year. Or they would have uh, probably won that home run record going away uh, had they had more access to him. But uh, uh, th- those are the X ex- There's a couple X factors I think that's going to see, and Stanton's one of them. You know, I mean, what Stanton are you going to see here? Is he, is he back to form? Is he, he going to hit four home runs in this series? Uh, can you pitch him inside? Is he going to play every day? Uh, I think that's one of the questions that they have. Encarnacion was a great pickup as well that a lot of people didn't see uh, coming when they picked him up. I think the one thing the Twins feel about this team that hasn't been the case in years past when they played the Yankees is they think the starting rotation is a little more vulnerable than it was. You know, I go back to covering them, uh, as you do too, but those series when it was, you know, they were on Clemens and Pettit and then Lucina as your number three. And then, you know, Sabathia came later with Pettit. You know, you just felt like if, if you didn't get something happen early in the game, you had no chance against uh, the Yankees. But I think this year they feel like they can come back any time
1: so uh mike max with us from ccotv and radio in minneapolis uh let's talk about uh this guy What what is uh happened to this guy like he uh i mean he looks like he's freaking out or something what what has yeah, gone I, wrong what uh, what happened
4: I, what, uh, I was with him this morning and i was out there and, uh, and he spoke uh he he's in um uh a position and, and as you know uh, wide receivers tend to be more vocal than others, but, uh, uh, he's in a position where I think, um, uh, for better or worse, he thinks he can affect change. Meaning, uh, the Vikings have no depth at wide receiver. They have two wide receivers, Adam Thielen and Stefan Diggs. And after that, it doesn't matter. They, they have nothing. They have injuries, whatever, not drafting, bunch of reasons. They don't have any depth. So he knows they can't bench him. He knows there's no way. That's not an option. he's he's incredibly frustrated that they've gone with this run first approach and they got shut down against the bears. And that became kind of the apex of it. I think he thinks he's speaking for other guys on the team because there's a lot of guys frustrated with the way that uh, systematically what they're doing with the offense. And so I think he thought, well, this is the perfect time month left before the trade deadline. I'm going to start spouting off, stirring the pot and uh, at minimum, maybe they'll start changing the offense a little bit, throwing the ball more. So I think, that's his active plan. In fact, I'm almost certain that it is. He really has nothing to lose because they're not going to fire him. They're not going to release him. Uh, he's too valuable to him, and he's one of the few people that can get away with some of this stuff because they need him so bad. Uh, but it is a kink in the armor because it's a distraction that they didn't need right now, and I don't think he's an easy guy to trade either.
1: Uh, it's really unbelievable what's happened with uh, this team watching Kirk Cousins uh, melt down, like with all the money that- – Game. This guy's robbed the Federal Reserve in Washington and in Minnesota. He'll end up making two, three million, $300 million, and he's just atrocious. I don't care what anybody says. He's awful.
4: Well, it, it, the, the questions they're getting into now is, you know, they, 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 they pack forth this offensive line. He doesn't trust the offensive line. Then the second part of it is Delvin Cook, who's been really good as a running back, has been terrible in pass protection. And so it, from the minute when, when he gets a snap, He's going, oh, my God, I'm going to get sacked. And so there's not this free flow. We had Brett Favre here. You saw him with the Jets. We saw him play one of his best years ever at age 40 here. I mean, it didn't matter what they called. He was going to find a way to make a play and make receivers better. Cousins doesn't have that mindset. He's more programmed, more robotic. Uh, Whatever the play is that's called, he tries to execute. He doesn't have that gunslinger or that rollout or that get-out-of-it. So uh, that cocktail together has not been good.
1: So do you think they'll beat the Giants or will they screw this up too?
4: No, I think they'll beat the Giants because what's lost in all the conversation that we just had is they got a really good defense and they're really well coached on defense and they're experienced on defense. They just gave up one touchdown to the Bears and that was it. They really only had one bad quarter on defense this year. Uh, Packers got them in the first quarter and that's it. Uh, they can play shutdown. Uh, I, a guy like Daniel Jones, I think, will really struggle against him without Barkley. They know Pat Shermer well. He was their offensive coordinator uh, a couple years ago. Uh, so so the, the Vikings can win a lot of games just with their defense. It is a really good defense.
1: So tell me about the uh, Gophers. They got a big game with Illinois at home, and they're 4-0. Uh, you know, we've heard all this row-the-boat stuff. Is Are they
4: legit? Um, I think they are legit in that. In the Big Ten West, uh, they're going to be competitive all the time. I don't know that they're good enough to win the Big Ten West. But then as you look at it, Nebraska's faltered a couple of times. Wisconsin looks certainly like the team to beat Wisconsin and Iowa. i put ahead of the uh, Gophers right now. And you never trust Northwestern when you get them at the end of the year like the Gophers do. Uh, they really struggled their first three games to win. And that was against a pretty good Fresno State team, a South Dakota State team, or South yeah South Dakota State team, uh, and then Georgia Southern. And so that that raised a lot of eyebrows and said this team can't be that good. And then they came out and played really well against Purdue last week uh, and were lights out. Now Purdue lost their star quarterback and their star receiver on the same play. Uh, in the first half and so right. that, that really did change the, the temperature of the game So uh, to answer your question I think the answer is the jury's out But they, they do have a lot of offensive weapons And they're pretty balanced there
1: Well let's see what happens with the Vikings That are arrested uh, away And see if uh, Diggs continues to have his issues uh, Or if he calms down Because I think he's a really good player And I don't think they should uh, let him have his way Mike Max, CCO TV and Radio in Minneapolis Mike, thanks a lot It's a pleasure Thanks for coming on the bench on CBS Sports Radio
4: You bet. Thanks so
1: much, guys. All right, Mike Max in Minneapolis with us tonight. Uh, Greg Zerline just missed a game-winning chip shot field goal. What was that, 40 yards or something? I mean, just... I
3: think it was 47.
1: Every single kick now in the NFL has become... The, the Literally the hardest thing on earth to kick a field goal.
3: We said it once we gave Dead him the Dead to rights. Once they gave him the ball, once they didn't get the two-point conversion, I said, a field goal wins it, but who can trust kickers in the NFL? There, there,
1: there isn't a guy in the NFL you can trust anymore. Who is it?
3: it used to be or Vinatieri. Both them are off the He's washed now. up, and the other
1: one is uh, having hip surgery. He's finished. Very few guys. I mean, you can't trust any kick ever. Extra points or field goals have become a nightmare, and they just blew that game.